I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to some Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the Sports Patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo, Bo Cephas, I am fired up for this Thanksgiving Day edition of FGH, and I cannot wait. Until you hit those Phil Collins drums because I've got three, yes I said three, sounders this week. But, I want to take a second, buddy, and give thanks for a few things. First, I'm thankful for the growth of our business and all the many ways we can reach out to you, our loyal listeners, Brainwash. Secondly, I am thankful for the Degenerate (laughs) Show with yourself and RJ Choppy, Prima Donna's. And I am also <laughs> thankful for the Sunday morning quick hit show on YouTube with myself, where I get the opportunity to mix a little football with our culture. Nobody cares. But mostly, I'm thankful <laughs> for you and this podcast and the way we, mostly me, have built it into the most informative and funny football podcast in America. So happy Thanksgiving weekend, glory hole seekers, and enjoy all that food, football, and family. When are they leaving? Now. Whether you are here <laughs> for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doo out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President. I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. (laughs) We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! Woo! Love that money. Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional YouTube show in collaboration with 105.3, the fan in Dallas, called The Degenerate with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray and against Zana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three, and I set fire to the rain. Watch it pour as I touch your face. Now, with all that business out of the way, bottle cap today welcome welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast Bo Cephas as always 
Here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing, and right now it's everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting cold beer choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir, and I'd just like to say I'm thankful that you finally got a twist top instead of those shitty pop tops that you usually have. Yeah. Well, we're going to move on. I'm a can guy. Tonight, I am drinking a Peroni, as I do on every Thanksgiving, because at the Bocifa's house, <laughs> uh, we eat Italian for Thanksgiving, because turkey fucking blows. Here we go, here we go. And also, another tradition here on FGH, I recant the true story of the original Thanksgiving every year on the podcast, so here we go, boys and girls. God. Longhorn, the first Thanksgiving did not happen in 1621. It actually happened, and there were not Native Americans invited to the first Thanksgiving. It actually happened in 1637 after the Pilgrims finished off the massacre of the Pequot tribe at the culmination of the Pequot War. And after the, after the Pilgrims are done murdering all those men, women, and children, they said, hey, let's have some goddamn beer and eat one of those ugly-ass birds that's always making with the noise there, kid. <laughs> Okay. And also, a fun fact about the Pilgrims, they were never actually Pilgrims. They didn't even call themselves Pilgrims. They And they didn't come here for religious freedom. They were separatists from Holland. They came here to make money and establish a religious theocracy, which is the exact opposite of religious freedom! And although they ultimately failed at that, what they did accomplish was getting rid of all those filthy fucking savages off our goddamn land and sent them to the swamps of Florida and shitty states like Oklahoma and those shitty Dakotas. Mm. And because of their great commitment to greed, power lust, and good old-fashioned racist genocide, we gather together every year as a family and tell them how thankful that we are that they were terrible terrible people and they gave us this great land happy thanksgiving everybody yeah we don't we, our podcast isn't long enough for me to dive into that whole story so it's probably best. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably best we just move on good lord all right. <laughs> all right boys and girls it is thanksgiving night happy thanksgiving one and all we are going to get to the podcast now we're going to give you those free picks we're going to have the good the bad and the hard are you fucking kidding me and we're going to give you every and i mean every wind coming in the air tonight but right now it is time to continue to get you guys paid with that college free pick of the week and this week longhorn we're going to take those coastal carolina chanteliers maybe minus 16 and a half at texas state first of all coastal carolina is an incredible since 2019 68.4 percent ats on all Games And if you dive further into the conference, it goes up to 69% ATS. Now, flip that around to Texas State. They are a 45% ATS team in the same time frame. And boys and girls, remember last week, we gave you Texas State. Texas State. A team that was 1-9 on the season. <laughs> Not just a cover. We gave you a cover. We told you right here, bet them the money line plus 180. We're like, yeah, they're 1-9, but... Here comes win number two. They <laughs> fucking did that shit. Where the fuck else, Longhorn, are you going to get that kind of intel in college? But right 
fucking here, baby. Go nice. Coastal Carolina. And now that we got you paid, boys and girls, we got to get paid to do that. We got to go over our sponsor. And this week, our sponsor is BetAnySports.eu. I said Bet. Hey! Sports.eu is the only place to go for online gambling. All sports of the name suggests if you want to bet the over or under, how many more races we're going to genocide. They got that fucking two, baby. They wow. got poker. Full casino games. They got reduced juice, minus 105 in most situations. They have same-day paths. They welcome Bitcoin. They have the widest selections of props, parlays, and teasers on the internet. People, go to betanysports.eu. Put in code word glory hole. You get a 35% sign-up bonus today. What does that mean? It means you put $1,000. You get back 1350 You take their free money on top of your money. With our picks, you're winning money on top of money on top of fucking money, baby. It's betanysports.eu. Code word glory hole. One more time, I said bet. Hey! Sports.eu cover glory hole. Put my money on the white people to be next. Long shot. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad. This is bad. Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it, are you fucking with me? Alright boys and girls, as always, we start with the good, and the good last week was fucking us, baby! Yeah. Five and one in the NFL, adding units. Every other capper in this country is fading due to COVID and Longhorn. We are just getting stronger. Yeah, we're hanging in there. We, I mean, the beginning of the year was a kick straight to the fucking baby maker, but we are climbed. We've climbed out of that hole, and now <laughs> we we've climbed out of that uh, that uh, that cavern, and we are we are making our way to the promised land. Goddamn right, but. We gotta tell ourselves, so here's the bad, as we always do. The bad last week was uh, K-State plus 13 and a half. Uh, mm. They lost 45 nothing, and usually, as you guys know, you've been listening long enough, I try to deflect all blame to Longhorn, but Definitely. Uh, this one was so bad, I have to stand up and be accountable for it. Uh, this was a terrible play on my part, and I apologize to all of you good people. Are we sure K-State actually played that game, or did they... Did they cancel because of COVID, or what, what? What happened there? They didn't televise it, so I can't. I can't. You can't tell uh, me that they for sure played then, so you don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, all I know is the bookie took our money on that one, so I apologize to everyone. That's My like, bad. Those asshole bookies. <laughs> now we're gonna move on to the are you fucking Kevin? And this week, that award goes to Michigan. Now, there was no close play or crucial miss or anything that we usually go over on this. Just really, Longhorn, it's it's an are you fucking kidding me that that program is this fucking bad. Like, Jim Harbaugh, it took you three overtimes to beat Rutgers, who wins annually about two games a fucking year. What the fuck, man? I mean, (laughs) my name is Longhorn, so it's not not a stretch to... You know, think that I'm a Texas fan, so 
Needless to say, I'm not one to be going talking about a giant program <laughs> that, should be, that should be playing better than they are. So, unfortunately, I feel your pain, Michigan. I feel your pain. All right, boys and girls, it's the time you've all been waiting for. It's time for us to go over all those wins that are coming in the air tonight, baby! And Longhorn, this week we're going to start down in Hotland. Those Falcons are a three-point home dog to our Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, the look-ahead line on this game was a pick em, and now it is at Atlanta plus three. This is overreaction city, and, um, you know, it, for, our, for our everyday listeners, every week listeners, they already, know, they already know how this goes for me, but we always have new listeners, so let me reset it. I talk all the time about the double bounce theory. It's one of my go-tos as a handicapper, um, and it's usually one team coming off a great win going against a team that come, coming off a bad loss. Um, and and it, even though it feels like Vegas, uh, e- even though they lost last week, it still kind of counts as that bounce down because it feels like they kind of blew their sports wad last week against Kansas City. Came up a little short there. Now on the flip side, Atlanta could not have played any worse against New Orleans, and I, but I will give them a slight pass since Julio was out and they had a last-minute quarterback curveball thrown at him with the hill uh, switch at quarterback over Jameis. Now, Julio should be uh, a go here this Sunday, and I am implementing my double-bounce theory here, Bocevis, and as a matter of fact, right out of the gate, baby, hit that sounder. Last week versus New Orleans, the Atlanta defense Held the New Orleans running backs to only 3.7 yards per rush. It looked worse than that on the stat sheet because of Hill's rushing yards. But Carr isn't a threat to run, so you don't have to worry about that. The game before that against Denver, Denver running backs only averaged 2.9 yards per rush. So if they can if they can carry that rush defense into this game against Vegas, slow them down on the ground, they should be able to uh, be in this game all the way to the end. Take the plus three. You're not going to need them. Atlanta wins this game. Go Dirty Birds. Man, I think that's an outstanding handicap on the, like you said, it was a loss. But if you listen to the uh, post-game press conferences of not only Derek Carr, but John Gruden, mm-hmm. they talked like they won the game. Yeah. Like they were so happy yep. that they played so well again versus Kansas City and quite frankly had a had a chance to win the game. And we had them plus seven. We, we liked, you know, Vegas going into it. Yeah. So... Obviously, yep. you know, they did have a chance to win the game. But to your point, I think their elation over how well they played and not the agony of a defeat just tells you kind of where they're at as a football program. And that's the exact time that, you know, a team goes on the road west to east with a new kickoff and just kind of comes out flat and Atlanta comes up fired up. And, yeah, I love that. Love, love it. That love it. All right, moving on. We're going to those New England Patriots. Mm. Hmm. And they are home dogs once again, this time to the Arizona Cardinals. And Cardinals are laying a consent. This this line's all over the board. Two and a half. It's consensus two points right now. Okay, consensus two. two. That's fine. 
Look, I, I don't have a whole lot here, but Stevens, I gotta tell you, I tried very hard to find an angle in this one that that would lead me to leaning to New England, but I couldn't find it. Um, uh, of course, we were one of the few last week who had Houston not only with the points against New England, but had the balls to call out the straight-up win here and hit the sounder on the podcast. And, and of course, that came through no, for we us. we were the only one to do that. Yeah, I, did, I didn't see anybody that. else saying that. You're right. Uh, now, in this week's matchup, I see an Arizona team who resembles Houston on offense and very, you know, almost always, really. But on top of that, they have a superior defense to, to Houston's defense. So I can only see New England having some of the same trouble stopping the Arizona offense as they did stopping the Houston offense and having far more troubles navigating the Arizona defense and some of their playmakers on that side of the ball. Now, as we now, as always in New England this time of year, you have to be cognizant of the weather and the uh, the forecast for Sunday is sunny and 50. So perfect football weather that will not be a factor. Arizona is in a dogfight for not only the division but a wild card spot. So you're going to get max motivation from them, um, and I it just. I, honestly, I think New England realizes what they are at this point, what they can and what they cannot do. Um, I don't expect them to roll over because they are they're a proud for proudful uh, prideful organization, but they're just going to be overmatched in talent here. I do lean Arizona. Yeah, I got to lean with you. And there's two things that stick out of this game for me. One was uh, Arizona was minus two and a half before the. Larry Fitzgerald announced that he's got COVID, not going to play. Mm-hmm. But now I'm seeing it all the way down to Arizona minus one. I'm like, excuse me, but Larry Fitzgerald is like 87 years old. He's not a point and a half player. He's their third like, receiver. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't understand the overreaction to Larry Fitzgerald thing. But here's the other weird thing. The over-under has went from 48 to all the way up to 49 and a half. So now you're telling me that a player that supposedly matters a point to a point and a half, which he doesn't, but suppose in some crazy world he did, but somehow there's going to be more scoring now. Like this is going this this feels like a lot of square money here yeah, on I, uh, New England, and it feels like the sharps are kind of coming in on the over because they know it's really not going to matter. And like you said, the weather's going to be perfect, so mm-hmm. I got to lean with the Arizona, and that total skyrocketed up like that. That uh that raises my eyebrows. It might just be a blowout in New England. It might just be. Yeah. All right. All right. We're moving on to those Cincinnati Bungles once again because they're all-star quarterback. And I am actually sad about this. Uh, he died a football death mm-hmm. last week in Washington where he was playing very well, and then his knee got destroyed. And now they're hosting the Giants, and somehow they went from minus three to plus six at home versus those New York football Giants. I guess you could say those uh... – those dirty Redskins were coming back for revenge on the white man for that genocide, <laughs> T- taking us out one by one. There, they are. Okay, sorry, cut that out, both of us. Let's move on. Uh, why? Hello, corner TV game. The New York Giants are in a rare position here of back-to-back bye weeks, as they were off last week <laughs> and now get to play the burrowless Bengals. Uh, listen, I'm going to make this one real short and sweet. Cincinnati is an 0-16 roster that Burrow was about to take to four or five wins. And I know it feels like crazy town to lay this many points on the road for, for the Giants um, because, hell, just like, I mean, what, four or five weeks ago, we were talking about them being the top three picks of the draft too. 
But things change in the NFL, and, and apparently this coach for New York kind of knows what he's doing. Um, but here's the bottom line: is we're about to we're about to all see just how bad Cincinnati really is. Um, and by the way, the talk around town in Cincinnati is that the infighting is getting worse, and the players don't like the way the coaches talk to them and treat them. So chaos in the locker room, star quarterback band aid holding everything together, gone. I mean, I. Even though it's scary on the road, give me New York here all day long. So funny that there could be controversy and you know, you know, upheaval in Cincinnati, like such Weird. a stalwart franchise historically. Uh-huh. I can't believe always anything down. Can go this always. bad for them. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I it, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, if I was ever going to lay six points with this Giants team, which let's not. Let's just be candid. They're a bad football team. They just are. Mm-hmm. Obviously, to get to this point of the season, be their record this bad, they're a bad football team. However, exactly what you said, we're about to see how bad mm-hmm. Cincinnati really is and why you and I both love the under on Cincinnati, which is now going to hit for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming in because we didn't expect Gerald Burrow to, as a rookie, be Win able total. to buoy this shitty roster to what he did. But amazingly enough, to the kid's credit, he was fucking doing it, man. And now he's gone, and I don't even know who's fucking starting. It don't matter. Uh, I, I don't even not. I don't even know if nine points is enough. It's crazy how bad their backups are. But yeah, go Giants. Wow. All right, moving on. My Jacksonville Jaguars, mm. fresh off a of very disappointing, our only loss last week mm. in the NFL, are hosting your Cleveland Browns, and they are plus six and a half. Well, Bocephus, if you were stuck in Cleveland for five weeks, as the Browns have been, because they had they three straight home games with a bye mixed in, so total, by the time they go on the road again, it'll be five weeks in Cleveland. I mean, wouldn't Jacksonville be number one on your list as a place to go? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course it wouldn't be, but it doesn't matter. At least they are out of that fucking shithole mistake by the lake. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, it does look like Cleveland is bringing some of that shit weather with them as it is supposed to rain all day Sunday in Jacksonville. But that can change. It's, it's you know, those coastal, those coastal cities weather patterns can change pretty quick. So let's wait and see how that goes. Now, what's the word on starting quarterback for Jacksonville? I, I mean, I've heard rumors of Minshew and, and of course, they – the other quarterback I think they said was going to start. Who's that? What was his name? Uh, Mike Glennon. Yeah. Long, long neck Glennon, as, as they called him back in the day. Uh, it Bottom line, it doesn't fucking matter who, who starts for them. Um, it, 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 Minshew, Glennon, homeboy that just played, it doesn't matter. that We take Jacksonville because the value's there. They fight hard. They play every game uh, like like they like they mean it. Um, so, so the value there is again with Jacksonville to me. Cleveland has been begging to get beat lately uh, as their last three wins are over Philly, Houston, and Cincinnati, but only by an average margin of 3.6 points. So, uh, you know, they've they've been kind of playing with fire. Now, I don't believe Jacksonville will win this game, but give me that touchdown at home, Bocephus, all day long. Yeah, and William Hill is still giving you the seven. So, it might – it was at seven earlier when we took it and sent it out to clients. It's back at seven. William Hill might tick back to seven – uh, and like you said, that's a great handicap in point, boys and girls. So certain players are worth a certain amount of points of the spread, like we're talking about 
Larry Fitzgerald, he's not worth a point and a half. He's not even worth half a point at this point to the spread. No. And quarterbacks are worth the most. However, when you get down to a certain level of quarterback, you can say, oh, Gardner Minshew is worth two more points than Mike Glennon. Well, you don't fucking know that. that you're just, at that point, you're speculating because once you get down to a certain level or up to a certain level, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, it's you're either really good or you're really bad. And if you're really bad, you're really fucking bad. Mm-hmm. And if the value's there, it's been there all year long with them, it's still going to be there no matter who your quarterback is. So go Jaguars. Get it. All right. Moving on to Minnesota. Mm. And they are minus three and a half versus those Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and this, of course, falls into what is becoming the world-famous Longhorn Double Bounce Theory. It's starting to get talk all around the nation. Um, Trademarked FGH. (laughs) Um, Carolina, Carolina, of course, is coming off of that shutout win versus those hapless Detroit Lions. And Minnesota coming off the embarrassing... I mean, and good Lord, is it embarrassing now. Lost to at home against Dallas. Zimmer, however, is the best ATS coach in the league, and you don't get that way by losing two in a row at home versus inferior competition. And both Cephas has a cherry on the top. Over 60% of the tickets coming in on Carolina, but over 60% of the money coming in on Minnesota. Lean Vikings, Bocephus, who I will add, play at noon. That was going to be my only question to you, <laughs> sir. What time does this fucking game start? I didn't forget about you. Yeah, because last week it started at 3.30, and they mm-hmm. lost to the shitty Cowboys who just literally got destroyed by the Washington fucking football people, which we had Washington plus three. As the clients already else, thank you very much. All right, mm-hmm. we'll move on to All Indianapolis. Right. This might be the game of the week that I could care less about, but still the game of the week. Indianapolis minus three at home versus those Tennessee. Won us money last week, Titans. Yes, sir. And before I start, Bocephus, this is a coin flip game per computers, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, so I got the freedom to do this however I want, not that I need that freedom i do what i want anyways but i always i always like to have uh, i don't like to have the pressure of the computers against me because i don't know if you've been paying attention but uh the computer's been kind of you know sticking a dildo up my ass lately pretty and ran, ran in there pretty good so <laughs> i'm not interested in going up against them uh, too much anymore but this game here both teams are coming off big wins uh tennessee against baltimore and indianapolis against green bay and of course, uh, Indianapolis beat Tennessee a few weeks ago in Tennessee, thirty-four to seventeen. That was a Thursday night game, um, and I it, look. Everybody around town is taking Tennessee in the points here. Tennessee in the points. Got to take Tennessee. I like Tennessee to win. Don't need the points. Take them. Tennessee all day long. Revenge factor. And I, look, I just I'm not going to roll that way, man. I'm going to go contrarian here a little bit. We'll see if the money is pouring in. On Tennessee, like I said, especially early when it was at four and three and a half. What's it at right now, consensus? Three points right now. Okay, so it's down to three. All all the tickets, all the money pouring in on one side, but but Vegas has only moved it one full point. So something tells me that they like their position here because the money in the tickets would suggest that they hung a bad number. But I think they like Indy in this game. I think they like their position and don't mind taking all the Tennessee money, and neither do I, so I Lean Indy. Yeah, speaking of Vegas liking their position, uh, one of the leading books 
the Westgate Superbook, which hosts the Westgate Gold Superbook uh, contest every year, which is the most esteemed contest, handicapping contest in America. They've still got it at three and a half. So oh, that's a sharp book too. That's a very, very fucking sharp book. And what we mean by sharp book is they rarely, rarely put out bad lines that have to move. In fact, most books move off of them and Circa in town. That's kind of the way that that goes. And them Circa and William Hill pretty much uh, set the set the bar there. So I like yeah, I like uh, my I like my side here. I like it. All right, man. We're gonna move on to Buffalo. Where those Buffalo Bills are hosting the L.A. Superchargers. And they're five and a half point home favorites. Well, welcome to this week's installment of Longhorn Hates Computers. Uh-oh, he's doing it again. <laughs> he doesn't fucking learn a thing. I swear to God. If you could fire me, I know you would. I know you fucking would over there. You dirty bastard. <laughs> You'd fucking fire me a second. We, we're going to need to pull some sort of funny drop. Uh, to, for this weekly tradition of Longhorn Haste Computers, I'll I'll let you figure that out in in the weeks going forward because um, this is going to be a weekly thing. So get used to it. Um, Buffalo knows. Look, Buffalo knows that Miami is coming for them in this division. Like I mean, they they, they feel the heat, and Miami's turned things around, and they're they're just they're a team on the come here. So so they know that that they're they're coming for them. Buffalo is coming off a bye with a great coach, and as we've talked in the past, you're coming off a bye with a great coach is not the same as coming off a bye with a average or below average coach. There is a difference there. And on the flip side, speaking of coaching advantages and disadvantages, the Anthony Lynn, eh, well, look, it's Thanksgiving. Let's be nice. He's uh, not great. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> the money is coming in hot. For Buffalo, so the line could absolutely move higher, and if it gets to six, six and a half, seven, I would definitely have to pause and and, and re rethink this position. You did say it's a five and a half right now, right, Bosevas? Still at five and a half. Okay, so at that dead number at five and a half, I'm gonna still lean Buffalo here. Do my weekly go against the computers and uh, tell me how stupid I am. Go ahead. Well, I will say that. Uh... I believe you're 0-4 in your last four picks against the computer, so... I think you're squeezing the uh, win Boys there. and girls, this could be... Do I? I think you're squeezing the win. I, I remember three, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, this could start to be your double down uh, pick of the week. It could be the two unit every time Longhorn goes against the yeah. computers. I'm just saying. I'm not saying, but yeah. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, Faye, everybody, that, that lock of the week, uh, Chargers plus five. <laughs> Chargers. <laughs> Lock of the week. Put it down. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. We've got the New York J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Fresh off winning us fucking money, mm-hmm. baby. They're at home again, and they're seven-point home dogs of those Mahama Dolphins. Yeah, and even though this does feel like a trap game to me god does it feel like a trap i'm gonna lean to new york here um miami is coming off that bad loss at denver and back on the road to new york and we all know the key to beating miami at this at it, you know that's what's funny about this time of year is it starts to get really i would say easy but you know some people some people still make it look hard but really but at this point of the year you should know what these teams are you should know how to beat them you should know uh what what you need to do to not beat yourself 
Um, and, and the way to beat Miami is, of course, a strong running game and stay away from that ball-hawking secondary. Uh, and it goes without saying the Jets will need to do just that to stay in this game and keep Flacco away from those trouble-passing situations like third and long. Uh, I just love the way the Jets have shown fight lately. Um, I, you know, and don't look now, but they, they got a future star wide receiver with second-round draft pick Denzel Mims out of Baylor. That dude is a man among boys. I just... Just when you watch him lined up wide, it's like, holy sh! I think he's listed at 6'4". He looks 6'6 out there. He just looks giant against those cornerbacks. Um, he is going to have a rough time here, however, with cornerbacks Howard and Jones for Miami. So hopefully for this, their sake, they do get that running game going against one of the worst rush defenses in the league for in Miami. Um, you know, we, we know the Jets don't want to win. But they've been fighting hard, and I like them to cover that juicy number of seven. And the bottom line is that the number is just too high. So the value is on the Jets, whether you like it or not. It's the Jets. What do you got? Yeah, that number's a little – that's what's kind of been throwing me off in this game. It's a split on the computer, so coin flip here. Uh, the number's almost a little bit too inviting. I know. It feels scary. It, it like it almost feels like Vegas wants you to take those points with the sell. Like, oh yeah, just we'll give you seven. We'll give you seven at home. Flacco looked good last week. I don't. Mm-hmm. To me, it's going to come down to you know. I mean, Tua got pulled last week in his first uh, start in Denver, which we both said right here on the podcast that is a horrible place for a rookie quarterback to go. And he was talking all that shit that you know the NFL really hasn't been that hard for him, and he thought college was harder. Well, son, welcome to the fucking NFL. You went to Denver, got your fucking brains kicked in. And he got pulled for the game. So this is going to be a bounce-back situation from him. We're really going to find out how this kid deals with true adversity in the NFL. He is going to play the Jets. They are obviously the worst team in our power rankings and the worst team in the NFL. However, <laughs> Joe Flacco's shown a little wiggle lately. He's shown a little wiggle. But I think, to your point, those cornerbacks might be a little bit too much for those receivers. And here's the but here's the thing that gives me pause and makes me lean to your side. If you look at how Miami's been winning football games and why they kind of shot up our power rankings, one of the algorithms we use, is, we use uh, measures basically efficiency on offense and how easily you score, and they've been shooting up there because they've had tons of defensive and special team touchdowns and all these other kind of things that, you know, you know bear-top shit that, you know, usually happens in Chicago that holds them in games, and, has, you know, that's why Mitchell Trubisky can fucking win 10, 12, or whatever, 13 games where he won and win a division. That's kind of what's been going on in Miami, which you would expect that from Flores, but that's not sustainable. Now, we've seen it being sustained for a season, obviously, but is it sustainable right now with a rookie quarterback that quite honestly hasn't done a lot other than one game to look really good? He looked really good. Was it the Chargers game he looked really good? His first game, he was bad. Yeah. I think the Chargers game, he looked really good. And then last week, or in Arizona, he was he wasn't good. And then last week, obviously, he got pulled. He was terrible. So you're talking about one good game and what four starts. Now this is a good defense to get healthy on, and Flores knows him like the back of his hand. So I don't know. Yeah. It, it really is, it's a tough call for me. Look, look in the future. Bottom line is in the future, three unit bet anytime a quarterback says the NFL is getting easy. That's three unit force bet. Take it. All right, we're going to move on to those Denver Broncos. We just mentioned them, and they are at home again, and they're facing another 
first time starter at home and they're catching another set of points this time it's six versus new Orleans. yeah and buddy we missed an easy one last week uh with denver against miami and i do blame myself for that one it's kind of my job to dig into i do too yeah well i mean let's be honest it is my job to dig into these outside the numbers type things and um even though we did say it on the podcast how terrible Denver was and how they burned us, but watch watch them against Miami go out there and, um, and and do some damage, and of course they did. But what I missed was uh, was like I just talked about before with Miami was the key to beating them is a running game, and Denver has shown a better commitment to running the ball as of late, uh, which can only help a young quarterback who isn't very good, like you know Drew Locke. Um, now the problem in this game is New Orleans is one of the best defenses against a rush, but I do believe that Denver will lean heavy to that rushing game. Tr- you know, try to protect their bonehead quarterback, keep him out of those third and long situations, shorten the game as much as they can. Now on the other side of the ball, there is now a full game of Tate of Taysom Hill, and Fangio should be able to take advantage of that and slow him down at least a little bit. I mean, it's not like he not like he lit the world on fire last week, anyways. Um, Denver is here. One of my it, it was my it was the sounder that I just left out, so I'm not going to hit the sounder here um, because I'm a giant pussy. But what I what I do like is these <laughs> six points. I do like getting those six points at home. Um, I, I don't want to miss the boat again. Now, now watch this will be the game that fucking dumb dumb face goes out there and throws four interceptions and. and and fucks the game right off. What do you got? Yeah, I'll lean with you. Uh, like Denver here, and this number to me is kind of begging the other way, right? It's kind of Vegas like, nah, it's just six. It's just six. Like, you saw Taysom Hill. He ran for two touchdowns. Like, yeah, just, you don't even have to cover a touchdown. And Denver, they suck, right? They suck. Right. So, right. and again, we just said it. First time starting quarterback, going to Denver, it is a notorious, one of the hardest places to go play, crowd or no crowd, Buddy, you and I have been in that city just walking around the fucking streets. Not that we're decathlons or anything, but goddamn, we're not fat asses. And it gets hard to breathe after a couple of fucking blocks, man. It's It really is an adjustment. And if you hadn't been there and hadn't played there, it's tough. And coming from below sea level in New Orleans, which is where they live, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it that's going to be an adjustment for them. And I, I do like Denver to cover those six points. Does it not count as a decathlon when you hit ten different bars in one night? Like that's that's my kind of de- <laughs> that's my kind of decathlon. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, we're gonna move on to L.A. again, where those L.A. won us money last week. Rams are now minus six and a half at home, hosting those San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, well, we got it at seven, uh, and that's what I wrote down here. So I'm going to make this one quick. Easiest call of the week for for me here at Bocevas. L.A. Rams coming off their best performance of the year. San Francisco coming off a bye with a great coach, and we talked about earlier, that does matter. And division rivalry where records really haven't mattered a whole lot in the past with these two teams. The games always seem to be close. Getting a touchdown for a San Francisco team who is getting healthier and healthier with each week. Love it, love it, love it. Take San Fran in those points. Yep, it's moved from seven to six and a half because Debo Samuel's probably going to play and Morissette or whatever his name is is back, the running back. Actually, getting two running backs back. 
getting healthier and healthier, like you said. Now, if you want to scoop a not-so-sharp book, the Golden Nugget still has it at 7. So get on down there and get that ticket, baby. Ah, the Nugget. All right, moving on to those Tom Brady Buccaneers. They're hosting the world champion Kansas City Chiefs, and they are three-and-a-half-point home dogs. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're a loyal listener to us, you already know where I'm going here. Tampa Bay and Brady embarrassed in primetime and has to listen had to listen to all the national shows questioning them, questioning the coach, questioning the six-time Super Bowl champion quarterback. Uh, and if this feels like deja vu, it's because the exact same scenario happened earlier this year with a primetime loss to Chicago. Coach and Nation questioning Brady, and the next week Brady, you know, dropped his six ring. Six rings and uncomfortable good looks all over Green Bay for a 38-10 win. Uh, this uh, falls into the world-famous Longhorn double bounce-back theory as Kansas City got a last-minute win versus Vegas, getting a, over a field goal at home here. Take Tampa Bay and don't think twice. As a matter of fact, Bo Sivas, hit that sounder. Let's take Tampa Bay to win this game, have a monster bounce-back. Tampa Bay has dropped two straight games at home and i don't think they will make it three let's go tampa man if you weren't gonna hit that sounder i was gonna have to do it for you i love nice. Tampa bay here nice couple things in this game so tampa bay is seven and four on the season they've lost new orleans twice the bears and the rams what are those three teams have in common they are all a top 10 dvoa defense you know who doesn't have a top 10 dvoa defense kansas city why is that important? Because we all know Tom Brady's a GOAT, but he's 43 years old, and he is limited, and he struggles with really good defenses, which, you know, he's 40-fucking-3. So he's not going <laughs> to struggle so much with Kansas City's defense. And Kansas City, on the flip side, they haven't seen a defense as good as uh, Tampa Bay's all year long. But although they're 9-1, and one, they're only 6-4 and four ATS. And who yeah. have they struggled against? They have struggled against the Raiders twice. They didn't cover. They didn't cover against, sorry, I'm looking at my notes here, the Chargers and the Panthers. What do those three teams have in common? They're all top 15 DVOA offenses because you have to score points if you want to play with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes because he's going to score the fucking football because he's the best goddamn quarterback on the planet. Man, Tampa Bay already. is the eighth best DVOA Defense, the only, or sorry, offense, the only offense they faced better than them all year was Las Vegas at number seven, which Las Vegas is their only straight up loss and has beat them against the spread twice. Other than that, they played mostly garbage, including the 32nd and 31st, 23rd and 19th DVOA offenses, which Kansas City have beat all those teams, of course, because they got Patrick fucking Mahomes. This is the best all-around team that they played. It's going to be their biggest test, and I love Tampa Bay to win, baby. Look at all that homework Bo Cephas did over there. Yeah, I had a few notes on that one. I like it. All right, we're going to move on. Those Green Bay Packers, you just mentioned them, they're laying a disgusting eight and a half to almost nine points in some places against Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, hope you got some stuff on here because this game makes my tummy hurt, just like Trump's mean tweets <laughs> makes makes the media's tummy hurt. Uh, I I want no part of this game. Like, lean Chicago, don't have a good reason why, take the points. 
Uh, you know, take Chicago in the points. Hope you get you got. Where's your fantastic notes on this one, Bo Stevens? What do you got? I don't have much on this one. I will say <laughs> it is a. It's got an. It's an algorithm agreement. Uh, by power rankings, this game should be about Green Bay minus five. So you're getting fantastic value on Chicago on this side, and it really is all about falls and. The reason why this game is not up at some books is because they haven't announced who the star is going to be. Could be Mitchie. Foles, could be Trubisky. Mitchie. You don't know, but if Trubisky comes back, I'll look for this line to drop a good two points, if not more. If you can get it eight and a half or nine right now, man, you're getting great fucking value. Uh, hold, hold, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's let's. The line's at what right now? Eight and a half consensus. Eight and a half consensus. And you think it's going to go to six and a half consensus if they announce Mitchie? Uh, that might be a little much. I think that's let's, a little let's, much. Let's let's say <laughs> let's say seven. Well, I'll say seven. I'll say seven and a half. But yeah, you, you're that that's more like it. All right. Just want to just want to clarify that. All right. We're gonna move on to. I get. Well, we're actually not gonna move. So Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Here's the situation. This we're not oh, even gonna handicap it. God. The game was supposed to happen tonight. We're supposed to be watching it right fucking now. Uh-huh. Uh, but instead, we were cheated out of it because, you know, fucking, apparently, the, I'm not, I'm not going to repeat things that aren't, aren't true, but there's a lot of rumors out there. It, it was definitely was a staff member of Baltimore that broke protocol. He's been uh, punished by the team. The team has announced that, so that is true. And because of that, I think it's up to 13 or 14 people now have tested positive, including, it just broke before we started this podcast, the quarterback Lamar Jackson their entire so their entire backfield now has tested positive. Lamar, both starting running backs. So at this point, both teams have used their bye week. They've moved the game to Sunday. But if Baltimore can't field a football team, which it's I mean, you only have so many people, right? If they can't field forty eight people or forty six people, whatever it is on game day, they're going to have to forfeit this game from what I understand from the league standards of COVID policy, which you know what? At this point, dude, like it's week fucking twelve. Like you kind of deserve that shit. If you met it twelve weeks and no teams running this running this situation, this kind of on fucking you at this point, Baltimore. Well, maybe you're scared to speculate, but reckless speculation is what I live for. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go with some sort of orgy party. Can't rule out a gay orgy party. I don't know. I mean, it's oh just, no! Until I know, I can't. I mean, I can't rule it out. So I mean. It's, there's some there's some weird things going on up there in Baltimore. I think they're already mailed in this season, and they are they are ready to partay and get this season over with. Well, boys and girls, if there's anybody that knows anything about gay orgies, it you is my buddy Longhorn. That you is for shut fucking your sure. Hole. <laughs> God damn it. We're moving on to the Monday night football game, and those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles, and they are hosting the Seattle. Seahawks, and they are five-point home dogs. Yep, and this is the classic pros versus Joes game here, baby. All of the tickets are coming in on Seattle after their impressive win over um, Arizona last week. And, of course, the public is completely out on Philly uh, for most of the year now, but but definitely after what they did last week uh, in Cleveland. But as pros... You and I, we cannot fall into these kind of traps. The money is coming in on Philadelphia, and so are we. And let's let's get one thing straight here, guys. Philly didn't lose to Cleveland last week. 
Carson Wentz lost to Cleveland last week. He <laughs> will find much he'll he will find it much easier sledding this week versus a, a Seattle defense that has been bad most of the year. And since and um since um Washington won um, well we we can I guess we can say that it's it's not it's not going to mess anything up. Washington won earlier today. We just watched that um and the Giants are expected to win Sunday against Cincinnati. So all of a sudden Philly is going to be sitting there Monday night with two teams who have jumped them atop the division lead with an impressive, an impressive four wins going into week 13, Bocevas. Count them up, four into <laughs> week 13. I lean Philly here, Bocevas, and I am actually calling the upset here. So hit that sounder for the third and final time. Let's have some fucking fun, man. I mean, sports sports is fun. Hit the sounder. Let's, let's go get it. Philly with the points, Philly with the win, and come on. Man, I fucking love that sounder again. Oh, Philadelphia shit. with the win. Oh, Seattle's defense is so fucking putrid. They are currently, as I look at the numbers, scrolling, scrolling, enhancing hands. Yeah, they're 24th in the league in DVOA. Last week, mm. Cleveland, Cleveland has the 13th best uh, DVOA defense. So, obviously, he faced a lot better defense last week than he's going to face this week. This is a get-well game for Philadelphia. This is the time where the birds turn it around. And I fucking hate that city and that stupid team and their stupid fucking day-walking ginger quarterback. But they're going to do it for us, baby. Go, birds. Yeah, I like it. All right, boys and girls, that was all the wins that were coming in the air tonight, baby! All right, boys and girls, it's the time you've all been waiting for. It's time for those free, I said, free NFL picks of the week, baby! All right, the NFL free pick of the week is going to be Philadelphia catching those five. I think you said five points is what it's still at. Uh, we just hit the sounder on them. We love it. Philly plus five, NFL free pick of the week. Now, special little money line parlay of the week this week. I am going to package together the three sounders that I hit on the podcast just now. It is Atlanta, Tampa, and Philly. Three-game money line parlay pays 15 to one, and we all – do the money dance. Man, that's fantastic. And boys and girls, I'm telling you right now, if you're not tuning in to Longhorn's program on YouTube, you fucking need to because he hit yet another prop bet tonight. Yep. And again, this is post-data. You can go look it up. He had Zeke it was under 72 rushing yards you had? 70 and a half. 70 and a half. And how many did that fat boy finish with? Well, he only got about 30, but... To be fair to him, he is, you know, he is a fullback playing running back. So it's just, it's just, <laughs> you, can, you can only ask so much out of a 250 pound fullback, and 70 yards is just too much. Sir, Jerome Bettis is rolling over in his grave right now. He oh. gained 10,000 yards at like 275 pounds. There's no excuse for Zeke. But the point is, my boy is winning you guys money on top of money on top of fucking money, baby. He is fucking on 
fire with those prop bets. Tune into the YouTube program. I promise you, it pays to fucking watch. Now, Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. Man, I did. Is Jerome Bettis dead? I don't. Are the are the, are the are the engines coming after them too? Good lord, what is happening around here? What is going? No, on? no. All right, you glory host seekers. That is going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe to both our YouTube. Uh, you, you got me all fucked up here. I can't, I can't even read my notes because I'm sitting here thinking about genocide. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe to both our YouTube channels, the Football Glory Ho and the Degenerate with RJ Choppy. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our YouTube quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both Sivas as always in a non-sexual way, unless you're in Baltimore. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never, ever pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never pay a book again. Steven Tyler, take us home, baby!